Welcome to the Mothers You Know podcast. Thank you for being here. This is a place where we as women remember the spirit God gave us. We know how much we matter and we believe all things are possible to them that believe on this Savior Jesus Christ. Here at Mothers You Know, we support the parents of young men in the Sons of Healman and young women in the Daughters of Light programs at Life Changing Services. These programs provide therapeutic and mentoring services for youth struggling with depression, anxiety, self-harm, pornography, and any other unwanted or difficult behaviors. We offer parent support, training, and resources for mothers and fathers seeking the best way to support their loved one. Any mother is welcome to join in the Mothers Who Know classes support and training. You do not need to have a child in life-changing services to join in. We hope you'll join us. I am Karen Broadhead. I serve as the director of Mothers You Know, and I serve as the parent support specialist at life-changing services. I invite you to join with me and other mothers from across the country in our Warrior Mothers Who Know online support and training group. If you have a child struggling with pornography, depression, anxiety, or other difficult behaviors, you will find a safe and uplifting place to learn from other moms and learn principles and strategies to best support your loved one. Please go to motherswhoknow.org to find the online meeting details. We talk about difficult things here with the intent to shine light in dark corners and to eliminate isolation and shame. We are mothers with warrior hearts who are raising the warriors of this generation. We know we must learn to fight well for ourselves first, then we can confidently support and cheer on our loved ones in the best ways. Welcome. I'm so happy you're here. I'm with one of my favorite people today. I'm so excited to talk to her. I want you to hear what she has to say, and I think we're both going to be learning together, you as listeners and me. I'm here with Ashley Levitt. Hi, Ashley. Hello. Yeah, so Ashley has a resource that I've been curious about and wanting to know more about, and I've asked her to come and share with us more about it, and because she's obviously, to me, as I've you know, observing her, she's passionate about it. She feels pretty strongly about the need for it. And I'm just thinking, well, I need to know more about this. And so I've invited her to do this podcast with us as well as come to one of our meetings in Mothers Who Know to, you know, share it with us there. And so anyway, tell us what this resource is called, Ashley, and why you why did you start it? Okay. I'm so excited to come back and chat with you. You said it was one of your favorite people on earth and I feel the same way about you. And so thank you for letting me come on and talk about it. It's a class called Bystander Basics. And I created it with my mom because we felt like there's lots of resources for individuals experiencing betrayal trauma. There's lots of resources for individuals experiencing addiction. There's lots of resources for how to rebuild that relationship and for understanding how those things affect the relationship. But really, betrayal, trauma, addiction, or any kind of difficult relationship affects more than just that, that one piece. It affects the extended family. It affects the friends. It affects the, the cousins, the people who, who are on the outside and don't have any idea what's happening inside. It affects all of them, and there's just not any resources available for them. 
So my mom and I created this class. We call that chunk of people bystanders. We created this class for those people who aren't in the relationship themselves, getting all of that help and resources, but still are being affected by these things that are happening. So that's what this class is. And we're, we love it. It's really cool. Yeah. How did you even come to name what it was that was affecting them? Because, you know, as a as a wife or a mother, I can see how, you know, what you're doing over there in the battle you're having is super affecting me. Right. So I'm a bystander. Yeah. Yes. I'm a bystander. So when you, yeah, wait, but when you took it a little broader, I got kind of confused there. I was like, so cousins and, you know, because I'm thinking, aren't those the people we just try to keep out of the story? Do you know what I mean? We, we might try to keep them out of the story, but that doesn't mean they're unaffected by the story. Okay. And even though we keep our private things private, we keep our relationship between the two of us, that doesn't mean that the dynamics happening in the relationship won't affect the broader family system. And if we put blinders on and pretend like, oh, no, these two people only affect themselves, then we miss this whole group of people who are just desperate for help, but don't even know it because no one's ever said, hey, this is a thing. Okay. So are you saying, so if you're noticing we're battling at our house, like this is kind of something we're confronting. We didn't expect we're here. We are. This is hard. Then, because it kind of sounds right there, like you're saying, with that new experience and knowledge and understanding we have of being in that place, to just keep it to ourselves would be a disservice to other people. It can be. I don't think we need to air our dirty laundry by any means. Sure. But there are so many studies that talk about secrets and how secrets affect those around them, even if they don't know that the secret's being there. And so keeping this thing quiet, what ends up happening is that people feel things they intuitively recognize that something feels off that just oh i'm not sure what's happening here but that felt off but without the under the knowledge of what's really going on then they're just left with this feeling and trying to navigate that and that's that's like just secrets in general but this one because addiction affects the brain and how it works and therefore behaviors and what happens with them and because betrayal trauma affects the brain and how it works and therefore behaviors and how it goes with them, what we find is that the bystanders, these people who just have someone that they love, end up going, wait, that didn't quite feel like her. Just today I was working with a client. She's a mom of someone who's now divorced but was in a relationship with someone who was displaying narcissistic tendencies due to their addiction. And she was telling me about this really hurtful day where her daughter just didn't seem like herself. But there was no reason why. She didn't even know why her daughter might not be herself anymore. Just And so that's what happens is that in, in trying to keep the relationship struggles private, yeah. we end up with all of these bystanders just going, something's off here. Something feels different and not knowing what it is. Yeah. And then we're all kind of compensating for what we're reading into it, probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can see how that would cause some just normal dysfunction in a family, right? Yeah. Or then we make some assumptions about what must be going on. Or often what ends up happening is, well, they are behaving that way because they're mad at me. 
or they were doing this because they, their husband hates me or the way they're behaving is because actually, and so we end up assuming that their intentions for being different are because they no longer like me or there's a problem with me. And that just then breeds more and more emotional turmoil for everyone involved. Okay. Wow. And it's so fun that you're doing this with your neat mom. I've met her, Sharon. So wonderful. Yeah. She, yeah. What, you know, gave her the the thought, hey, I think I'm. I'm Do you want someone to say hi? My mom happens to be walking through. You want to say hi? Say hi. Great. I'm the nightstander. (laughs) I know what it's like to be really confused and not know how to help. Oh, that's so good. So, Sharon, that's what my question was just to Ashley. So, why, why you and your mom, right? And so that, that hits it more like on a personal level, right? You are the bystander. Ashley was the one in a relationship where you were thinking, what were you thinking? I was really confused. She was acting in ways that I couldn't figure out why. She's become very secretive and closed off. The relationship that we had was gone. I couldn't ask her anything because that put her in a really awkward position. And so there was no set place to go. And I didn't know, even when she started doing counseling, then she was using terms that I didn't know what they were. And she wasn't in a place to teach me what they were. And so... We just thought it would be nice to see was something that could have gone to learn the terminology, learn what she was going through, ask questions that I couldn't ask her. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's, well, that was awesome. Yeah. So that makes more sense. So how did that, I, my next question would have been to your mom, had she not had to leave, I would have asked her, what did you notice? in your increased awareness of what was going on and, you know, what was it, you know, obviously terminology and getting past the secrets and, you know, meeting you in this newer new place that you were at trying to heal or whatever that was. But yeah, I guess that she's not here. Maybe you could tell us what you thought she noticed. I think, well, what was happening with me was I was trying really hard to follow scripture to cleave unto my spouse to leave my parents and so I was trying really hard to just keep things private between he and I which is not bad but in an attempt to do that I accidentally alienated those around me because what I was going through was so all-consuming there was there wasn't a day a moment where we weren't battling this idea of how do we navigate addiction how do we navigate recovery what's happening there because it was so all-consuming not bringing my mom in to the picture not bringing my parents or anyone resulted in me isolating and them feeling distant because there was my entire life this huge thing of my life that I wasn't sharing and so what I noticed was this relationship with my mom like she said it was non-existent suddenly not non-existent as in we never talked to each other we got together for holidays things like that but there wasn't any kind of closeness Mm -hmm. because I wasn't showing up as real and and presenting what I was going through with honesty and you can't bond that's what happening 
And on top of that, I almost showed up with defensiveness because I was so terrified that someone would know what I was experiencing, that anytime there was any kind of nudge, like, hey, are you okay? Immediately, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And just kind of walls would go up and I'd get defensive. And so she probably would answer that she noticed I was getting distant and our relationship was failing, was plummeting. There, It wasn't there anymore and, and had no idea why. Mm. And as a mom, yeah, that yeah. would be that'd be heartbreaking. You'd be on your knees. You'd be thinking, how do I, how do I bridge this gap? Something's going on. I could feel it in my gut, but I don't know what. And that's might be why it's hard to get a whole bunch of people in our class. Yeah, because I am connected to the worth group with, at Life Changing Services, and the worth group works with women in betrayal trauma. And so I'll talk to them and I'll say, hey, give this to your mom, your sisters, your best friends, your cousins, whoever's in your support circle, because then I can teach them what betrayal trauma is. And you don't have to take on that role because you can't be the teacher while simultaneously being in it. But if they haven't been willing to open up yet about their experience, then they can't give this to their support people. And then all of the bystanders if they don't know that it's happening in their relationships, I also, then they don't know to come take this class. So yeah, the, uh, the class is geared toward individuals dealing, trying to love someone who's in a relationship that has addiction in it. But really the class itself will help anyone who's just not sure why their relationship with their children are slipping, why that's shifted, what's going on there. If their children are adult children navigating new relationships, it, it can help anyone in that area, but we do specifically teach toward addiction. Okay. And it's not just like, you know, your child is addicted, but it's like, you know, I'm the, I'm the loved one of a bystander. Yeah. That's what it's focused at. Right? Yeah. 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 It's, it's, we teach to the bystanders Yeah, and we talk about their loved one. And then their loved one's partner is often who will bring in as well, just to make it very applicable. We've had moms, we've had grandmothers, we've had dads. I always say cousins because my cousins had to support me. They had to watch me go through it. And since then, now having a more open relationship with them, they'll talk about how they notice changes in uh, the digital happening. Wow. Okay. So that is really helpful as you're explaining that because I'm just thinking how many things get sour and moldy right how many things just get so yucky and we all just tiptoe around and we wonder what to yeah. do about it and we don't have maybe the skill to approach it or the understanding of how to approach something that you yeah. can tell here's a person like just using you and your mother, here's a person who I adore, who I think she's just all that. I love everything about her. And I can see something's diminishing about her. She's pulling away from us. She's getting defensive. Uh, she seems different, but she also appears to be fine. Right? Yeah. Like she still shows up and she still, still presents like she's doing. When we ask about it, she says nothing. I'm okay. Or... I'm hard, I'm having a hard day or I'm kind of tired. 
Like yeah. just kind of flippant excuses were common in my vocabulary. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah. So let's just, you know, that was her experience. Would it be useful to talk about in this podcast also? Like what would be your experience and why you didn't, you know, obviously it was like you mentioned earlier, like the whole church lady thing. I just want to do what I'm supposed to do. I want to do this the right way. Yeah. Yeah. That's what was happening for me. Simultaneously. I'm balancing my, I'm just trying to do this the right way, the way I've been taught. I'm internalizing things like, can't change your spouse you can only change yourself and don't tell people the hard times you're having with your spouse because they won't be there when you make up so they'll only know the bad these are the little bits of advice i'm picking up in sunday school classes or or marriage and family classes and what i did was internalize that to mean i can't tell anybody that i'm having a hard time in my marriage so i didn't i was very alone and very isolated and in an attempt to honor all of those things, honor my spouse, honor our relationship, not not air our dirty laundry into for people who won't be there when we make up. I just didn't tell anyone that I was having a hard time and faked it. But people are idiots. People can tell. People can tell when it's being sincere versus when someone is just kind of giving lip service. Right. And so for me, I was doing everything I could to show that I was okay. And every time I would do everything I could to show I was okay, that ended up being more and more of a red flag for the people around me. Okay. And hard to read too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're like, I'm confused. She looks yeah. like she's fine. She talks like she's fine. She's saying she's fine, but yeah. something's so off. Good. Yeah. So what was it just keeping with you and your mom's relationship? What was it that? shifted and you know because you wouldn't be teaching this class unless you had this huge testimony of that was huge yeah that was huge when we figured that out that was big so how did you bridge that gap and pick that out that's a good question we'd always had a good relationship and then one day it exploded and i think we were both just I was trying so hard to protect myself and protect my marriage. And she was trying so hard to protect me, but I wouldn't let her do anything. There's one day I remember we were sitting in the church parking lot and we just both yelled. Like we were we were just screaming at each other, but we weren't screaming obscenities or anything at each other. It was just, why can't you do this? And why won't we? And we were just, it just boiled over. And that's the first time we'd ever had a big all out fight. Like that, that was the first time. And that's the first time that I noticed the shift, that our relationship was different from there. So that happened in the middle of my trauma and everything that I was experiencing. Our relationship then started rebuilding once I was in a safe space that I was able to start healing and be open Mm. because relationships have to be built on openness and honesty and transparency. And without those things, they just can't exist. So once I started being open with what it was I was going through and she started being able to hold and honor these things, our relationship started to build. So for us, I mean, it's been in the last four years, really. I've been working. I'm trying to trying to think of the timeline. Probably about four years. I 
ended up living in the same town she lived in. And we saw each other just all the time. And it was awkward and uncomfortable at first. But then we figured out how to navigate all of that. And then one day I was talking about this class for bystanders, thinking about her experience and my dad's experience, thinking about my cousin's experience and how just there wasn't help for any of them. There really, there really wasn't. And I asked her if she would do it with me. And she said yes. And so we started planning this class, our very first time teaching it. And the very first lesson of the very first class hit on something that was so hard that she and I had experienced that we both just ended up crying and trying to decide whether or not we could teach this class. But the spirit just said, yep, this is needed. I've been telling you to do it for a while. It's time to act on it. So really the shift in our relationship came as we created this class. Totally. That we came together and worked on all of the lessons together. And as we did, we would learn from and heal from that pain that we'd be teaching about that week. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it was. It was a miracle Yeah, just for us as we would teach these lessons. Yeah, totally. You probably learned not only about each other, but yourselves as you, you know, hurt each other and taught back and forth or whatever yeah that would be that was yeah we'd plan the lessons and we would talk about what needed to be shared are you comfortable if we share this am i comfortable if we share this how are we going to broach this topic and we would plan for it and prepare for it and then we would sit in class and have other people asking us these questions so we'd have to go a little bit deeper and we'd kind of just look at each other like is it okay if i share how hard this was for me yep it's okay and so and we would get real and it it just brought, it fostered healing for us and fostered a place of safety for the participants as well because they knew that we were showing up real. And I think that's what's so powerful about this class is it gives this whole genre of people a space where they can come and just ask questions and not have to worry about accidentally causing their loved one more pain. Because if, if my mom asked me questions when I was in the middle of my trauma, it was so hard for me and it was so hurtful and it would trigger my defenses. It would also trigger my, I must not be being adequate. It would trigger my inadequacies because if they can see that something's wrong, that I'm not doing it well enough to show that it's not. Yeah. And so this class gives a safe space to just talk about, these are the things I'm observing in someone that I love and I'm worried about them. And my mom can come in and validate and say, yep, I saw those too here's all the things that I noticed. And then I can come in and go, this might be what's happening. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know your loved one, but when I was in it, this is what I was going through. And so I can give them a little bit of understanding of what it feels like to be in that space. Yeah. And my mom can give them the validation of what you feel like to be in your space. And then we can field these questions in a way that's just safe and validating. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, that's really powerful. I think one of some of the best things I've ever been to and listened to are someone in my similar situation, like there's a mom and their son, and both of them are talking openly about it to, yeah. to this crowd. That's been so healing to me, so helpful to me to you know, number one, it's like, how did they figure that out? Right. That's yeah. so cool. And also, yeah, just such a gift to everybody else there because you just feel like, thank you for having the courage and 
and the drive to figure this out yourself so you can, you know, take up this space here that we needed to see. We needed to see that's possible. We needed to see that that might not be what mine turns out to look like, but yeah, it's a safe place to speak about it because you are and because both of you are, not just one of you are, because that's a huge thing to have both sides instead of just one side. Yeah. Because that's the yeah. thing I think we, you know, I'm going to the worth group. I'm in talking to other women who are in betrayal trauma, right? If I'm going to mothers you know, then I might be talking to other women who have challenges in their home that they're trying to figure out, right? Yeah. But I might not be talking to both of those, like the people that are the bystander and the person in the heart. Yeah. Wow. And if the the loved one is still in active trauma, talking to them might not be safe for them yet. They might not be able or ready or even really be able to conceptualize what it is that they're going through because mm -hmm. they're still in the middle of it. So they don't know. So they can't be in charge of teaching. This is what I'm I'm what this is what's happening to me. This right. is my thoughts. This is why that was a trigger. I remember one day I was just learning about boundaries and I was trying to set them. I was stretching my boundary legs and wobbling a little bit and attempting to set a boundary. And I followed all of my like boundary protocols and still managed to hurt lots of people. And my parents had no idea what was going on or that I was trying to set boundaries or trying to learn these things. Right. They just suddenly I was showing up and being very like strict <laughs> or hard about things and they had no idea what was happening. And thankfully, their take on it was, we're not sure what's going on. We're just going to reflect love. No matter what, we're going to reflect love, even if it's heartful, hurtful for us, even if it's painful, which was great, but not. Not everyone responds that way. So I realized I was lucky there. But if they had a class that could say, oh, this might be what's happening. Yeah, she might be just trying to figure out boundaries and she's wobbling a little bit while she does it because a new skill isn't perfect when you first do it new and, exactly. and just get some insight. And I, with the worth group, I love how women are able to share this is what I'm going through and then there's this collective like yes we've experienced that yes you're not crazy this is a real thing that's happening and the same thing happens with this bystander class it's really special where there's all of these people saying I watched my loved one do this and I don't know what that means and they all go yes we've observed that same thing yes we've seen this happen too and it creates this beautiful support network for these individuals who are trying to be the support network for someone else. That's so good. That's so good. And what that makes me think when you, you told about your, you and your mother in the car, both having this moment of now we're just really letting it out. We're, we're going to use our loud voices and talk about this. Right. It was, yeah, it just makes me, and your comment in that was, it was the first time that you had realized something is off about our relationship. It's probably what came to a head there was she's been noticing all this whole time, right? So yeah. it's so off about our relationship and you probably had just so much that you were carrying, holding on to, or just trying to figure out over there, right? Yeah. You didn't even notice that one. Yeah. And I think I probably did, but I thought it was just like, I'm getting older and I have a husband now and she <laughs> needs to figure out how to let me have a husband now. And so... 
I thought, yeah, there's something happening here, but it's probably all just normal, just normal, figuring out how to do this. But I think you're absolutely right that part of the reason it came to the head there is because she could so clearly see something's different. You're not being yourself and that's scary. And so how am I going to, she was trying to get through to me and I was trying to get through to her and neither of us had any idea really what was happening. (laughs) Ah, so good. So do your, do your classes run in more of a format of, you know what, we just kind of meet you where you at, where you're at, because that's what you've shared so far is we're going to meet you where you're at and we're going to talk kind of over these, where you're at, or does it actually have a, a structure to it? What do you, it's got a structure. Okay. I'm a big advocate for structure. So we, uh-huh. each class has four pieces to it and there are 10 classes. The first piece is called concept and it's just, hey, let's learn something that you probably didn't know or you've interacted with it very little. So like lesson one, the concept is how is your brain chemicals being affected by what's going on? So we talked about brain chemistry, talked about the different ways it can show up. And then the second section is understanding. So every lesson will have an understanding section. And that's for how does this really apply to me? What am I going to see in it? So in lesson one, the understanding section, we talk about what is addiction? How does addiction affect your brain? What does it look like in behaviors when your brain has been affected the way that addiction affects your brain? What you might be seeing in your loved one's partner that goes along with addiction. And then we talk about betrayal trauma and how the chemicals in the brain of betrayal trauma, how that affects the brain how that then affects behavior and what you might be seeing in your loved one. And then we talk about compassion fatigue and how that affects the brain and how you as the bystander trying to just love and show compassion for this person who isn't behaving in ways that make any sense to you, what you might be experiencing and how that affects your brain and how that's going to show up in your behaviors. And we have all of the different pieces of compassion fatigue, the different phases that you might find yourself in and what to expect in those phases. So the first half of the class is very information heavy where we just learn here's a concept and then here's what you're yourself. Yeah. And there's a lot of discussion in it. We do probably a couple slides of here's the, the information dump and then let's chat. Where have you seen this? Does it resonate for you? Is there something that feels off? What questions do you have? And we'll just talk about that. And then... Section three is a tool. So its its goal is to be something that you can use right then. You're going to log out of class and be able to apply something that's going to help you in this scenario that we've been learning about. And then section four is the, the anchor. And it's a gospel anchor of some sort where we've scriptures or prophets or we've pulled in. Here's something that can also help you starting today, but it's spiritual based. Okay. That's excellent. So the first part is a concept. Mm-hmm. The second part is now let's the understanding. Now we're going to understand that. The third part is the tool. And the yep. fourth part is the anchor. The anchor. Okay. So the first time around, I wrote down number three was betrayal trauma. And number four was compassion fatigue. Those were. Got confused. Yeah. yeah. In the understanding. There's a section for understanding what it looks like for you, for your loved one, and for the partner. Yeah. So that one has many sections in it. Okay. Totally. That makes sense. Yes. 
Yeah. And you know what? That compassion fatigue, that's a real thing. Yeah. And I don't think that, I think what tends to happen, like what I see working in Mothers You Know is just this level of apathy, right? It just becomes like, yeah, you know what? I'm so battle-worn and weary. I'm so confused at how to show up as helpful here. Yeah. It seems like maybe I'm the enemy instead of the helper, right? And so I'm, yeah, I'm having this compassion fatigue. So I'm just going to put my smile on and try to be kind, but I'm going to lose my heart in it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. The way you just described that is so spot on. The confused for how to show up as helpful. I'm sure my assumptions are that you've probably tried to be helpful so many times. And in this particular arena, you've probably some things that my mom will say that she did is she showed up and brought me flowers one day. She would show up and invite me to go swimming. She would show she was just always there. She could tell that something was off. And so she just wanted to be present and and ensure that I knew that I was loved. But for some reason, no matter how often she did that, not only did I not get better, but I seem to almost disconnect more and more from her. And so she's trying so hard to be helpful and it's not being, it's not being shown back, but it's also not getting the, the desired outcome of creating that closeness again or finding out what's going on again. And so confused for how to even do it because she's tried it so many different ways. She's tried to show up. She's tried to be helpful and it's just not working. So good. And there's this huge piece of that, of that compassion fatigue, you know, that there has to be this differentiating between what you're responsible for and what you're not. Mm -hmm. Sure. You go over that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like there's only one savior. Can't be, can't be you all the time. Like, yeah, but one of those. The tool, the tool for lesson one is surrendering to your savior. And it might be surrendering your, like, a need to solve the problem. Yeah. Or it might be just surrendering your loved one entirely. I can't save her. So I'm surrendering her to you, savior. And that's, that's tool number one is just acknowledging that I can't be the one that's doing that. Yeah. Oh, that's so helpful. Yeah, I'm just thinking of my own personal experience with different loved ones where I thought I'm using my best understanding of how to show up in a good way. And yet, yeah, no, nothing's really moving, happening. There's just a big wall there or there's just a big, yeah, it's just like we miss each other. Yeah. Right. And so I'm guessing there are tools in your class that will help people at least have language or practices that will help them to either think that's not always necessary or here's some things that you might want to try that you haven't thought of. Yeah, exactly. Our, we've, often you'll see someone like writes a book and then creates a course based on the book. We did it backwards. We created a course and then now we're writing a book. And the sections of the book are divided up It's 10 chapters, just like the 10 lessons. And we talk about it in great detail. It follows the same format with the four different things, but it's broken up into sections. So section one is just understanding what's going on with you. 
understanding all of these different things that you're experiencing, what you're going through, understanding the bystander. Yeah. Section two is understanding all the things that's happening with your loved one. What's going on there and how can it might be showing up? And then section three is, okay, now that I know what's going on with me and what's going on with them, how do I show up so that this can be a healthy relationship? How do I make sure I'm showing up healthy? What kind of things can I bring into the relationship to help make it a new relationship as successful as possible? Yeah. Like we can be new in this place. Yeah. Because that's probably one of the downfalls is I think, let's just keep it the way it's always been. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If it's not that, then it's not going to be successful. It's not going to work. So our brain doesn't like to change. So it really wants that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So that's really good. And it makes me think, too, that there's a, you know, there's a dynamic there that's just so important to notice as we consider, yeah, that it's such a, I don't know, it's all of this being a bystander or being the one in the battle that needs, that's affecting bystanders, right? Yeah. It's so part of our mortal experience, always. There's just always something that's part of that, that, yeah, having a class that addresses, you know, just the more whole picture of that and who's all being affected and how we can, you know, weather through that, grow through that, understand through that. It doesn't mean that your class is going to make it all work good. Yeah. Right. But it's going to, it's going to provide a different understanding of what's happening yeah. that you can then take to help, yeah. to help make it work as good as, to help like you work as good as you can. Yeah. Uh, President Nelson, I believe it is, it says good information leads to good inspiration. Yes, he does. And this, this class is just full of here's what's going on. Yeah. And here's people that you can ask, hey, what's going on here? Right. So they can help you gather good information and then now that you know what's really going on, let's tap back into the spirit and tap into that inspiration to learn how I can show up the best that I can now that I know what's happening. Okay, so good. Now, I know you've mentioned that this is very focused on, you know, we're, we're trying to just, you know, focus on addiction, but it's really for any difficult relationship. So many times as you're describing these things, I had the thought, well, this is the way every mother feels when their child becomes a teenager. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you're like, something is going on here. Like, I do not know what's going on, but boy, is something going on. And, and it's such a difficult time, too, because there's this added level of concern because now there's so many dangerous things that our child can be caught in. But you can't put your finger on, is this just you being a teenager? Mm. Kind of different because you're becoming a teenager? Or is this you getting caught in dangerous things, right? Like pornography or drugs or, you know, cutting. I mean, there's so many things, right? Absolutely. Anyway, so I guess I want to differentiate too because I think, you know, any mom who's thinking, I have a teenager and I don't know what to think. Is that just a hard relationship? Will this class be for me? Right. Or is it, is it, is that your next class you're going to take? <laughs> that must, that's, that'll be my next class. 
If we get lots of responses and people want it, we will we will teach that class. Yeah. This one is going to be specifically for adults in relationships. So you don't have to be the mom of the person in a relationship. You could be the sister or the best friend or whoever, grandmother. But those people are adults in a marriage relationship because we're also going to talk a lot about the dynamics of shifting from being the person completely responsible versus the person that's dependent versus the person. So we're, we're going to talk about how those relationship dynamics shift as well. So we need the person we're talking about to be an adult. Yeah. So it's all applicable, but we could certainly create a class for moms of teenagers navigating all of those changes. Wow. Okay. I just have a really great story to just kind of drive this home here. So I was struggling in betrayal trauma when betrayal trauma wasn't a word, right? I, nobody knew what that was, but I, it was years ago and I was the first I was the second of seven children and had lots of younger siblings. And I was, you know, married young and trying to look like, I know what I'm doing. I'm getting married and I'm, I'm trying to have life and trying to act like, yeah, I know what it, how you get married and how you do all that. Right. And then I'd go home to visit my siblings and my family and they're all younger. And I had a sister just older than me that was married and they would, oh my gosh, everything about my ex-husband they just adored him in every way so fun and so wonderful and he just a circus when he would come right and so when I decided that this wasn't a safe marriage for me that I needed to do something different boy did that just throw my family for a loop right not only my siblings because they were like why would you what are you doing you know, this is the greatest guy. But also my parents, you know, he had to kind of gotten in with my parents before I could to tell my side of the story. And he was very convincing with things that he did. And so they were super confused and they just had trusting hearts, right? And they just really did. So all these years later, I was the very first child that they had raised that had become an adult that had made a like a big wow that's really hard like we, yeah. don't, we don't know how to support you we don't know what to say about this we don't know what to do about it so i think just because of the, their lack of skill they didn't do anything not one thing right and i lived out of state and they lived over there and i was just hurt you know thinking boy i could use some support but I'm not going to ask asked, right? Yeah. But years later, years later, my mother, we had a piano in our home, big, huge antique thing. And this piano, we're sitting in the car in her garage. And she says, Karen, that was really hard for you all those years ago. And I, I think I'd like to give you the piano. Right. That was her solution was everybody's going to want the piano, but I'm going to offer it to you. Right. Like that was so hard to you. And now that I've seen all these years and all these kids, all these years and all these kids and that everybody has a big mess. Right. Well, you were the one with the big mess that nobody knew how to help. Right. So well, I'm going to give you the piano. Well, of course, I had to take the piano because it was the it was the support that I that I wanted all the time. Right. 
but it was so heavy and so awful and it was terrible and it was oh my gosh we didn't need the piano none of my kids learned how to play the piano they all tried none of them learned it was just not a wonderful gift for us and so finally we needed to do something with our home but the piano it's there like that's like the, that's the apology that's the recognition of something you know <laughs> and so to me there was some feeling in it so anyway I finally could see the consternation in it and that I needed to just let go of the piano. But I asked my husband, I said, could you make something out of a part of the piano? Just make me something so that I can say, this is the piano, right? <laughs> and this is going to make me emotional. But it was just like, yeah, it was just, he created this music box that had this beautiful piano piece of this favorite song, you know, that I have. And it wasn't connected to my mother or my father or my family, but it was just, it just, he used the keys from the piano. He used the piano wood. He used the lining of the piano, you know? And anyway, it's just such a special token that I just still need. So validating. I needed my bystanders to figure it out, right? Yeah. I love that story so much. There are so many different pieces of it, but the the first one, going through a divorce and being the only one in your family and not really knowing how to do that, I just wanted to say, if the person that you're, is your loved one has experienced a divorce, this class is still for you. That half of our participants, their loved one was divorced last time we taught it. And there's still so much validation, so much learning. But that when you were talking about how because they didn't know what to do, they just didn't do anything. Boy, is that so common. I I know it in myself. When I'm not quite sure how to handle it, I just go, mm, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just not going to say anything. And on the other side of that, when no one said anything to me, it was so heartbreaking. So this desire of, I just needed my bystanders to say something and to know how to say something is such a common experience. It's just so real. Yeah. I, for me, my, let's see, I had been separated for maybe a month and I was sitting in this family gathering with a whole bunch of my cousins and they, their husbands were all there and I'm just sitting there newly alone and nobody says anything to me. Everyone, everyone knows that my life had just imploded and no one says anything. And I was just hurting inside. And I, I can't remember the exact words that used to explain it, but I'm not a person who's going to just broadcast it and ask for help. But that doesn't mean that I didn't need someone who knew how to help, right? And there was this, a few minutes later, my, one of my family members had recently broken a leg. So they come in and the whole family, because we we're all sitting there awkwardly with no idea what to say, starts jumping to her. And they all turn to her and they say, what happened? How did it feel? Do you plan on going to that same place where you broke your leg again? How long is it going to take to heal? What's your plan for all of that? Do you have help? Is anyone bringing you food? They just, they just all started asking all of these questions. And I sat there going, oh my gosh, I just want them to ask me all of those same questions. Yeah, I'm broken but, too. Over yeah, here. but I'm broken too. Mine's just inside. But for some reason, as a culture, we don't know how to handle when breaking happens inside. Yes. When breaking is happens externally and there's no way to ignore it, then we all have no problem asking the yeah. question. 
for when the it brownies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brownies and the meal trains and the yeah. flowers and the hugs and the expressions. But when it happens internally, yeah. it's just this like, I don't, I don't want to make them feel worse. So rather than risk making them feel worse, I won't acknowledge that anything has happened at all. And oh. so I, I just think that's common. We see it everywhere. This class will help you know how to acknowledge it, right? It will give you a place where you can ask all the questions. Is it going to hurt her feelings if I say this? Oh, I said that and it did hurt their feelings. Yeah. What do I do now, right? It just, it, it helps navigate all of those gray areas. And therefore, it ends up really supporting your loved one. Yeah, because like now you know feeling. how to show up. You know, you know what to say. And your bystanders now know what to do. My bystanders knew what to do after after just getting some skills and some permission to, hey, here's a safe place to talk about this hard thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And even though we're the bystander that might be thinking, I think it's better just not to say anything, not to really just to, you know, not embarrass them, not embarrass yeah. me. I think that's really where it is. I don't want to embarrass me. I don't want to be the one that causes something worse or more. Makes it worse. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it's not only a, such a great support for the person in the that needs the bystander to be more supportive. But, oh man, it's such a great support for us as bystanders, right? You're like, yeah, I need, I need to, I need to know how to find my voice. I need to yeah. know how to, how to show up in a way that would make someone who's feeling completely like there's broken bones all over inside of me. Right? Yeah. I need someone to notice I'm wearing a cast. I've been shattered here. Right. Yeah. Totally. Exactly. And even even if the loved one hasn't said, hey, you should take this class, it would be helpful for me mm-hmm. to just recognize, oh, these are all things that I could learn that would yeah. be helpful for me, the bystander. That's plenty of reason to just come and learn. And then again, having that support of other bystanders so that you know you aren't alone and you know that the things that you're witnessing are real get some help for that yeah okay so if i'm a listener i'm going to want to be at the end of this i'm going to want to be clear is this class for me right because lots of things we've said if i were listening to this episode i'd be like dang i need that for all my relationships (laughs) i mean (laughs) let's get really clear on this is for you if that's going to help okay this is for you if you are part of the support system and you don't quite know how to fill that role. Whether you've been explicitly asked or just by relationship, you know that you could be in this person's circle. If you don't quite know how to fill that role, this class is for you. If you're worried about accidentally hurting them more because you know that something's off, but you're not sure what, this class is for you. Yeah. If if you know explicitly for sure that there is you have a loved one and their spouse has an addiction, a hundred percent this class is for you. If you have that knowledge, this is where you need to be. If you don't have that knowledge and you just know that you've been observing some shifting behaviors in your loved one and you don't know what's going on, but it feels like something's off. When something feels off, it's because something is off. So this class is for you. Ah, so good. So if I have a daughter who is in a relationship with someone who has an addiction, this would be a great class for her. Yeah. And for me, because I'm her mother. 
this would not be a good class for her. No. She needs to go, yeah, the person in betrayal trauma needs to go find betrayal trauma. This is only a class for bystanders. Okay. So she's not a bystander. She's a wife. Yeah. She's the one in it. Okay. So I have a daughter and something seems rough in their marriage. Yes. This class is for me. Okay. So if I have a son and he's dealing with an addiction and his wife isn't my daughter, she's the... You know, I just need everybody to hear it from every angle so they're not like, yeah. huh? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if that's my son who has the addiction and his wife is struggling, she's not a bystander. She's the person that know- needs to go and find help to suit her wound. Right? The wife of the son. Yes. Needs to go get betrayal trauma healing. Yes. Help with that. Yes. But yes. Because I'm the bystander outside of it. Notice Correct. Noticing, oh, my son, this really makes me sad that this is happening. And I really like her. I don't want this to happen to her. You know? Yeah. I'm the bystander. Got it. Yes. Yes. My best friend got married and now suddenly she's behaving completely different. And I don't know what's going on, but I just have this weird feeling when I'm around her and her husband. This class is for you. Yeah. So you're not in the relationship, but you're witnessing it and you just don't know what's happening. Yeah. Or I'm the Or how to help. Yeah. I'm the grandparent mm-hmm. who has totally had, you know, I can see this dynamic going on and that there's some dysfunction. I'd like to know how to I can help that, but I don't know for sure how to bridge the gap of what my role is. This would be a class for you. Yeah. And in fact, last session we had a grandmother and the difficult relationship we were talking about was her daughter raising her teenage son with an addiction. Oh. And the betrayal trauma that she was feeling as a mom, her mother came. So grandma of the addict came and got some help trying to figure out what was happening there. Because even though it was a mother-son relationship, there was still that trauma that was happening. Totally. Mama trauma is a real thing. It's a thing. Yeah. (laughs) These are bystanders of the mama trauma too. Yeah, totally. Oh, so good. Ashley, anything else that we haven't covered that you can think of? just for a second the the goal of this class is to just help you find peace and tools and understanding of what's going on if you are the bystander right it's taught from the perspective of the bystander it's taking advantage of having my mom there as the bystander and we will not tell you, hey, go tell this to your loved one. The class is not going to be, this is how you can fix your loved one. Yes. Because first, that compassion fatigue thing that we were talking about, of I don't know how to show up to be helpful. Maybe I'm even the enemy. This class is going to help battle those things so that then you and the spirit will know how to show up. Yes. Yeah. So healthy. It should it's a really cool class. It's powerful. We have a book coming out about it to be announced later as far as its date. But I'll send you a sneak preview chapter for anyone who's interested. Yeah, I'm yeah. interested. So yeah. cool. It is cool. And so I think you mentioned to me that your next class starts in January. For them. It does. 
Yes, okay. our next one's starting in January. I'm looking at the calendar for just a second. It's probably going to start January 7th. It might be January 8th, just okay. depending on how the pieces fall over the next couple of weeks. So January 7th or 8th, we have we hold the class in the middle of the day, so like at 1 or 2 p.m., but we record all of the sessions. So even if you can't attend, attend in person every time, you can still get your hands on the recordings and follow along and do the homework and participate in that way. So even if that time frame isn't available to you, it's still worth it to sign up and come and have these resources available. So good. Okay. And you can sign up at rejoicerecovery.org. Thanks for that. We needed that. Okay. Rejoicerecovery.org. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Ashley. And this is, yeah, I think I need to take your class. <laughs> Come just, on in. <laughs> yeah, I just finished Ashley's boundaries class and I was so sad it was over. I'm like, I think I need this class three more times. <laughs> and so, yeah, several things that you said, I thought, I think I've learned so much about several things you've said, but hearing somebody else teach it from an angle of their own experience and their own understanding and expertise, it's just so helpful to, you know, to learn all you can. I know for me, I'm a, yeah, I'm a person who's a bystander this very minute. And also, yeah, so many women I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a mortal experience to be a bystander. It definitely is. Yep. Yeah. I'm a bystander currently. And it's been interesting to talk to my mom and have her go, remember you're the bystander here. <laughs> so let's shift into some of our bystander tools. Because we're all gonna experience this this piece of trying to figure out how to navigate supporting and being helpful when you don't quite know what to do. It's so wow, so wise to figure that out and I think we're kind of more in a culture now where people and their and their heart is it's out there a little more, you know? And yeah. You know, I think the reason my parents had such a difficult time knowing is because they kind of grew up in the shame culture of keep it quiet. Yeah. Like just the yes. word divorce. Oh my gosh. If you're gonna yeah. divorce, there must be something wrong with you. Do yeah. something like that instead of yeah. It's just, yeah. a, you said it's almost, it's people's heart is a little bit more obvious now. And my first thought was, thank goodness. Cause when we feel like we have to keep our heart hidden, it's just so isolating. Yeah. Not that we need to go out and just, here's all, but, <laughs> but being real with what we are experiencing fosters opportunities for connection and vulnerability and power. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's empowering. Still scary, but empowering. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thanks, Ashley. And thanks everybody for listening today. So glad you were with us. And yeah, go check Ashley's class out starting the first week of January. Rejoice. Recovery.org. Rejoice. Rejoice recovery. Recovery.org. I couldn't read my writing right there. Rejoice Recovery.org. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for being with us today, Warrior Moms. I invite you to make a donation at the top of our website, mothersyouknow.org. Any amount you can afford today will help us keep Mothers Who Know services free for all moms. Thank you so much for your generosity. Moms, remember 
your divine identity and great worth. Continue in your courageous efforts to support God's great work. Notice the miracles you see every day, the evidence of the Savior's love and mercy. Find the message in your message. Reach out and share the principles you learn in Mothers You Know with other mothers. You are God's secret weapon for good in this world. Finally, a few pieces of information for you. I recommend a few other podcast channels to listen to. Like Dragons Do They Fight podcast, that includes interviews and stories with those that have struggled and overcome something in their life. And the Eternal Warriors podcast, hosted by two YSA age young men who share their story, teach valuable lessons, and interview special guests. You can follow us on our social media pages on Facebook under mothersyouknow.lcs or search for Mothers You Know, and on Instagram, username at mothers underscore who know. Last, if you would like additional support and training, please go to mompowertraining.com to sign up for the next eight-week Mom Power Training class for all moms. You can also go to the Mothers Who Know website at mothersyouknow.org or our parent company, Life Changing Services, at lifechangingservices.org to learn more about our excellent services to support you and your loved ones. Thank you so much for listening today. Please feel free to email me anytime with questions or to set up a complimentary 30-minute appointment to visit. Please email me at mothersyouknow at lifechangingservices.org. Looking forward to hearing from you amazing moms. See you next time.